0: Welcome home. This is Audio XP for the 26th of October 2019, and the title of this episode is Werewolves and Instant Dungeons. Does your local roleplay group grab a back room in the pub as a place to play in? Perhaps you've been to a board game cafe or even had a quick game of flux after the tacos have been swept away at a local restaurant. What percentage of gamers have never played a game at a pub, cafe, or bar? Well, we'll find out at the end of this podcast, right after we make our way through some of the news that caught my eye after a week blogging on Geek Native. Paradox Interactive is a successful computer games publisher based in Stockholm. They publish games like Crusader Kings, Battletech, Hearts of Iron and Planetfall. Oh, and they're also going to publish Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. This is the same Paradox that bought White Wolf, and at their PDXCon event, they announced a new Werewolf computer game. The trailer for Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood looks pretty cool. Paradox also announced that they had found a partner to help make the fifth edition of the Werewolf the Apocalypse tabletop RPG. After all the drama with Vampire the Masquerade on tabletop, I think Paradox has lost their appetite for writing TT RPGs themselves at all and would much prefer somebody else did it for them under license of course. Modifius Entertainment has the license for Vampire. Paradox haven't even given us a clue who might be writing the Werewolf game. My gut feeling is that this makes it less likely that it's Modifius. Why? Because I think it'd be easier and less controversial to announce that they had simply extended Modiphius' license. The, t- the tease and the delay on the news makes me think the Paradox are doing something new. I guess we'll find out in time. The new Werewolf computer game wasn't the only trailer of Note this week. Star Wars got people talking, so did Netflix's new Ghost in the Shell, but I think the trailer that Geek Native picked up was interesting too. That's for the new Vin Diesel movie. It's called Bloodshot, and it's a superhero movie from Valiant. I think it looks... okay? I know I'm interested in Bloodshot because it's not Marvel or DC. He is an assassin superhero with nano blood, which seems relatively straightforward, therefore I hope it's an easy movie to make. I don't want to use the word independent to describe Valiant. They are owned by DMG Entertainment, and they're based in China. In fact, I believe TMG Entertainment, is the company that helps Marvel distribute their movies in China. Valiant itself exists after a failed attempt to buy Marvel, but after a successful talent raid. I wonder what precisely the relationship between Valiant and Marvel is now. Now, we've already covered the werewolf half of the episode's title. What about the Instant Dungeon? Oleg Doya is a Russian game designer, better known in the RPG community as Watabo. Whatabow has an impressive and very popular city map generator, which runs entirely in your browser. There's no software to download, just hit refresh and you get a new city map. This week, Whatabow launched a whole new map maker. He's done one for generating dungeons. It's the same approach as before. The site will load quickly and there will be a simple dungeon waiting for you. If you don't like it, hit refresh and you'll get a new one. There are only a few toggles available for changing the style, but the dungeon can name itself. I made the Mansion of the Void Prince, and it includes encounter ideas for critical locations. All of Whatabou's mapmakers are entirely free. In fact, it's been a good week for freebies on Geek Native. We have a free 40-page preview of Vascavea. Now, Vaskavea is a campaign setting currently crowdfunding on Game on Tabletop, it's inspired by the likes of the animation Fire and Ice, by Conan the Barbarian, by Red Sonja, Thunder and the like. In other words, muscled and sweaty men and women in line and not much else, out on epic slaying quests. We have a short interview with Mike Meyer, the settings creator on Geek Native, and we talk to him about the sheer size of his setting and what role the warlords there have. We also discover that this crowdfunding campaign was initially intended to be on Kickstarter, but concerns about union busting there persuaded Mike to try an alternative. And I'm sure that fact alone might encourage some would-be backers. Mike reminds us that Kickstarter union staff are not calling for a boycott. Still, he intends to test other crowdfunding sites because he's simply not happy with the senior management over at Kickstarter. That's not the only free preview we have in Geek Native this week. There is also Charles Rice and Apocalyptic Games' City of Solstice. The bad guys have won in the City of Solstice. A group of criminal factions called the Star Society are effectively in control. You can think of this setting as what happens if the heroes fail. Or another way to think about the City of Solstice is as a mashup of fantasy and The Untouchables. In this setting, the PCs are members of a guild who, in theory, are about keeping law and order on the streets. I was surprised when Charles Rice, the author, called City of Solstice an OSR setting. An open world setting, such as cities tend to be, with surely lots of investigation, non-linear planning and ethical considerations, did not strike me as a terribly strong candidate for old school. There's also a short interview with Charles on Geek Native, and I had a quick chat with him about OSR. Now, Rice has given me one of the best ways to describe OSR. That's Old School Revival, as he calls it, or Old School Renaissance, as I'm more familiar with. And that's in OSR games, characters are their class and equipment, and it's expected that the DM will tinker with the rules there may even be an adversarial relationship between the DM and players. One of the concerns I tend to have with OSR is that people seem to define it differently, generally to suit their needs, and sometimes it just feels like gatekeeping or an artificially created them versus us situation, but not in this case. With this description of OSR, there's a way to describe what the revival could be and consistently apply that to games. It would also clearly rule out D&D 5e as an OSR candidate. And there are more freebies worth talking about. Green Ronin has a Halloween giveaway from Mutants and Mastermind Gamers. Nothing to fear is a free adventure set in Freedom City for 4-6 to six power level 10 heroes. Oh, now speaking of Halloween, if you're a regular reader of Geek Native, thank you, and you will have seen a feature called The 12 Masks of Halloween appear on the site. This is a countdown, a count-up perhaps, of the last 12 days before Halloween. Each day, there's a new mask to look at. We've had fluffy dinosaurs, demons, and even raided rock and roll for some famous musical monsters. This is the 10th year in a row, I think, that the 12 masks of Halloween have been running. But we haven't quite finished with the freebies yet. This week, Gamma, that's the Game Manufacturers Association, launched a new magazine. It's called Around the Table and you can read it for free young Geek Native. This is a magazine intended for people who run game stores or who write games to sell to stores. You're not going to find stats for dragons, trolls, or wombats on these pages. You will, however, find insight from names who you might recognise or influential people in the hobby who tend not to be in the limelight of publicity very often. Now, we're almost at the end of the podcast, are I going to talk about whether gamers mix dice with their drinking or whip out card games after their burgers? I thought, though, I might touch on where Geek Native gets some of these quirky survey results from. They come from competitions that appear on the site. I didn't want to have competitions where you had to spam your friends on social media to enter. Not only did that feel wrong to me, but I don't think most gamers would do it. It turns out it's pretty hard to get gamers to enter a competition. We're a sceptical bunch. Instead, to enter most competitions on Geek Native, all you generally need to do is log into a widget and answer a survey. Yep, sorry, you need to log in to a thing. And that's the only way I can manage entries, and this particular widget goes to great lengths to fairly randomise winners and run the competition. Completing the survey gives people points, and each point is a chance of being a winner. There's a competition live on the site right now, but only for the next 48 hours and it's a chance to win one of two signed copies of Justin Lees Anderson The Lost War. This is a fantasy novel inspired by the Scottish capital, Edinburgh, and a role-playing game that Justin used to play in. The question you have to answer to enter this competition is whether or not you think names have power. So, back to the poll results we got from a competition in which I was giving away copies of the drinking game Bar Pig*, and to whether or not gamers have played in the pub. Nearly 10% of people who took part in that competition said they weren't gamers. Okay, cool. People enter to win things, and they can always give away prizes as gifts. We can divide everyone else who took part into two groups, frequent gamers and infrequent gamers. One third of frequent gamers, that's about 33.3%, said they had played in a pub, cafe, or similar venue. So if you've done it, then you're more progressive than most of the community. But what about infrequent gamers? The stats are a little higher, 38.7%. That's about 5% more of those respondents said that they had played in a pub or cafe. I wonder if there are people who only ever roll dice when they're out with friends in board game cafes. What do you think? Well, that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch up next week.